0: Welcome to the Boys from Oklahoma Red Dirt Podcast, hosted by Jason Barler, J.J. Vance, and Kyle Perry. Welcome to the Voice from Oklahoma Red Dirt Podcast. I'm Jason Barler.
1: I'm JJ Vance.
2: I'm Adra Vance.
0: And
1: this, this week, uh, <laughs> Kyle had an emergency or something. He can't be with
2: us. So
0: so we brought in a chick to uh, be part of the podcast. And it's Adra.
2: The best fucking chick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, it's going to be a something cussworthy segment the entire show. So... Hold on to your hats. I will
2: try to restrain my cursing.
1: And <laughs> uh, you want to talk about kind of what we have coming up for this show?
0: Yes, we actually have a great show today. We have a good friend of mine, A.J. Davis, great singer-songwriter. He's part of the Oklahoma Opry. He does some country slash red dirt uh, music, and he's around here somewhere. We'll get him in here, and he's going to talk with us, and then he's going to play a couple songs for us, too.
1: Yes. And he, it's something special, so can't wait for everybody to hear him. He's really, really, really good singer. But we'll start the show off with a uh, with top ten like we always do.
0: Is and my guy in there?
1: Your
2: guy's in there.
0: Is he at the I, same? I, s- I, will,
2: I will tell you.
0: We'll <laughs> I'm anxious. It's been two weeks.
2: <laughs> Control your man boner there, Now, before,
0: before we go any further, yes, we've, it's been about two weeks, but, you know, as everyone has seen on Facebook and social media, Devin's mother passed away, and we've kind of all stepped back. And helping care for her and her family. So, all around, you know, anybody that's been a part of that, thank you. But we are back, and this is going to be a little bit longer show than an hour yes, to make up, up for bit. some of that time. But Jay's got top ten and some news and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, breaking into the into the top ten at number ten is, with outside looking in is Daryl Dodd. Seen Daryl Dodd concert. Seen Daryl Dodd. He's pretty good. We've seen him at Hank's in McKinney, Texas. Yes. And then at number nine, up from number ten, is... 10 is Rhythm and You by Holly Tucker. At number 8, up from 11, so also breaking into the top 10, with Old School is David Adam Burns. At number 7, up from number 9, is Missing You Mississippi by Dustin Sonier. Uh, At number 6, up from number 7, Calling All Hearts by Terry McBride. And then at number 5, up from number 6... Bull's Love Affair by Randy Travis.
0: So he moved up like big time in the past two weeks.
1: Yeah, he went up to number
0: six last week and now he's at number five. You know, I wonder if. They're pushing that song. So I you... stand
2: by my statement he's <laughs> not red Dirt.
0: Well, I, I wonder with that, you know, of course we found out by actually doing research and finding out that that song was released back mm-hmm. years ago or re- recorded years ago. Yes. I wonder if people are getting word of that and maybe it's more interesting now. Probably and, and you
1: know it's just well it was it was recorded
0: years ago and yeah. then remastered but it was never released years yes. ago yes so I, I think it's a cool story and maybe maybe people have that Randy Travis vibe yeah. I'm shooting for him. I didn't think he was going to go any further I thought I was going to stay at number eight so yeah. now I have
1: <laughs> He's
0: now. at number five so. <laughs> I'll take it and then uh, at number four
1: up from number five Devil's Red Hot Sauce by James Lyon. Uh, that's one of Kyle's guys. He knows James. At number three, up from number four, and if you don't remember this, I said that this song will hit number one before it's over. It's Silverado Saturday Night by Aaron Watson.
0: How? Where was he at two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, he had just
1: broken into the top ten. He was like at number nine. And, and then he, when I first mentioned him, he was the highest debut, and it was like 26.
0: Okay. And he's at number three. Three, okay. three this week.
1: At number two, up from number three, Another Town by John Stork. And then at number one, with the most spin increases this week, up from number two, is Drinking Money by Randy Rogers.
3: Rogers
2: I do like Randy Rogers. He's
1: kind of a staple for the top ten. Now, how long do you
0: think he'll stay there?
1: Not very long. Cause they'll we, pu- they push it to get them to number one because that's going to get them more album sales and stuff. And then they, they'll they quit pushing it the, uh, some more. Yes, fans drive it too, but it's also promoters and a lot of other things. They push to get Cool
2: story though, but at Medicine Stone one year in Tahlequah, me and my brother-in-law took shots with Randy Rogers. Yes. I was handing him uh, Jack Fire shots over the fence as they were coming off stage.
1: <laughs> that's true. Cool guy. Okay, I got a lot of news this week. Uh, can we get
0: the horrible one out of the way so we can debate it? And well, we'll de- get to that. Okay. I'm, I got some different ones here. There's okay. a, there is there is some order, some bad Jason. ones. <laughs> and,
1: well, I'm going back. I'm trying to go all the way back to when we did our last show and trying to catch up on news because we missed a week in there or a week and a half, something like that. But anyways, Lady A, Lady Annabella <laughs> was picked as a new as one of the new Grand Ole Opry members. Oh, okay. I think Ew. it's a bad pick, yeah. myself. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, Lady A is I mean, mm-hmm. they're good, don't get me wrong, it's they're pop good country. For, yeah, but I mean, I I see what the Opry's trying to do. They want to stay relevant, so you have to do Well, pop she
2: ain't country. no Loretta Lynn or Dolly Parton, I'll tell you that. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, that's true. Jim Weatherly, who wrote Midnight Train to Georgia died this week or actually How a lot of
2: people die this year.
1: There's a lot.
2: A lot. Actually,
1: on the 4th, so that would have been yesterday that he died.
0: Dolly Parton's brother died uh, yeah. a couple weeks ago.
1: Dolly is a saint. Did you see on the news where, and I'll mention this as news, it's not on my news list, but Dolly Parton, we talk about Dolly Parton every she week. She turned but I'm down telling, the
2: Presidential Medal of Freedom twice.
1: She did do that, but she also... Refused COVID shots. I didn't see that. She didn't want to take any COVID shots till other people got theirs because she didn't want to feel
0: like she was special.
2: Because she do, she donated all that and money and she donated to help. the money oh, to help develop
1: right. the
0: fucking that, that's vaccine. That's the story. Yes. I was trying to remember when we talked about yes. her, and I remember.
1: So it, she's just a saint. I'm telling you. They're they're supposed to be building a statue uh, and <laughs> at the state capitol in Tennessee. Over, do you think so. it's going
0: to be anatomically correct? Uh,
1: <laughs> Probably because she'll probably pay for it, too, and she'll want it that way. So.
0: Do you think they'll uh, increase or decrease as the years go by from now on? <laughs> no, I don't know about
1: that. I don't think her. I think hers has got bigger over time. Another death, James White. A lot of people, especially Texas fans, will know this guy. He's the owner of Austin's iconic Broken Spoke. He died He died recently. One th- one, some good news here, Turnpike. You know, we talk about Turnpike all the time, so... Turnpike has their song, one of their songs, I don't know which one it is. One of their songs is featured in the new Walker reboot.
0: Okay, I have... Walker, Texas Ranger reboot. Okay. Te- Turnpike so, Troubadours is in that. Have so. you watched an episode of this? I haven't. I haven't either, but, but I here's the not seen it. Here's the thing. This guy was on Supernatural for, what, 15 years? Yeah. He never showed one ounce of being someone that would play a role like a Texas Ranger. Yeah. So it's weird to see.
2: Well, he's from Texas, so. Oh well,
0: yeah, but, I mean, I guess one of big. Not
2: everybody's Chuck Norris, Jason.
0: <laughs> I wonder if he's gonna make cameos, Chuck, in that show.
1: I don't know. That would be cool, though.
0: Like as a bad guy, that'd be yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. But oh. I mean,
0: I guess I guess when you have. But
1: who's gonna beat him? Yeah, I mean, who's going to beat him up? He exactly, can't be a bad guy. Exactly,
0: so. but when you have a show like Supernatural that was huge, like it was, and they have their final episode, of course they're going to pick a huge star like that. Right. No pun intended, but to fill those boots, you <laughs> <Right>. know. <laughs> right. I'm not happy about the show. I probably never watch an episode, but I think it's cool they got a yeah. Turnpike song on there.
1: And um, they're in Yellowstone a lot. lot of Red Dirt guys are in Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get Whiskey Myers, a Turnpike. Ryan Bingham. Ryan Bingham plays in it. Plays so. a
2: character in it. He was he came and he was in like two or three episodes, and then he took the train. They took him to the st- train station, but not really, cause Casey when in Yellowstone when they take
0: spoiler coming. All right. Go ahead. Well,
2: when they it's in season one, they're getting ready to release season four. Anyway, but in Yellowstone, if you <laughs> get fired from the Dutton Ranch. They take you to the train station, which means they kill you and throw you off a cliff.
1: Mm-hmm. But they didn't actually throw him off. Yeah, they didn't. And, and he, he, comes he, ca-
2: he comes back.
1: Okay. But anyways. And
2: he even sings.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Corb Blonde released a new album, Cabin Fever. If you don't know Corb, Corb's a Canadian country singer, music icon from Canada. Canadian, um, eh? Yeah. Eh?
2: Hey.
0: Eh. He's
1: up there with the Dead South. She likes Hulk. We might play some Dead South on this. I
2: one. think we should. But he likes hockey.
1: Let me see. I'm looking. I'm going through all my news here. Oh, here's a big one. Chris Christopherson announces his retirement
0: from music or acting. Music.
1: Everything. Everything. He's 84 years old. He's
0: retiring. Country
1: songwriting legend, actor, veteran, and Country Music Hall of Famer Chris Christopherson has officially retired from from performing. The decision was made in 2020, but was previously unannounced and comes as the COVID-19 pandemic puts a stop to most touring over the past year.
0: So I wonder if he's still going to act.
2: He he hasn't acted in uh, a while. He line. had not done
1: it in a long time. I'm sure he would do it if he, he had the right role. Yeah. But he's 84, I mean. Yeah. You never know. You never know. I've seen him in concert, too. Oh, here's a... Here's a this is kind of... On January 28th, which we wasn't on the air then, but... That was the day before my birthday, actually. That marked 30 years ago from that day that the IRS tried to sell Willie Nelson's memories, basically, and failed. When the IRS come down on on Willie Nelson and said that he owed him all this money, and it ended up coming out that he didn't actually owe him a lot of money. Yeah. So he won in court, basically. Uh, Let's see still going over so much news yeah i'm i'm getting to the good stuff well
2: hurry up i gotta get to work eventually (laughs) start calling you kyle jr
1: i know i'm i'm saving the the big big one for last god
0: you know if you typed this out and printed it out you work at a business that has a printer Shut it, up. it Shut up. even you can just cut all this stuff even copy and paste so i'm, I'm not looking through But
2: his typist is I'm generally lo- drinking or working <laughs> so. i'm
1: looking for this the juicy stuff so Margot price if you don't know who she is she's calling out luke gomes for his use of the confederate flag luke come gomes. on that I mean, that's just well, the, the age of the day i
2: mean i've never i'm not a fan of him oh here's big news. i have to listen to his music all the time I he looks like a complete and utter douchebag i
0: understand the whole Backlash on the Confederate flag. You know,
1: brother brothers Osborne. You mm-hmm. heard this. Yes. Well, T.J. Osborne, one of the brothers, revealed on February third, which was just a couple of days ago, that he's gay. Probably the first person I know in country music that come out as gay. Maybe. Good for him. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I don't see no problem with it, but I'm just saying it. And then here's some other news: Sturgill Simpson's said, I'm pretty much done writing my next record. He uh, he just put out two records, two bluegrass records, one and two, that's like uh, hit number one on the bluegrass charts. Isn't that the one
0: where there's no singing except for one song? No, no, no. no, no, no. Who that, was that?
1: No, that's Tyler Children's oh, okay. that put out a song. That, no, Sturgill's... Oh, you'll have to listen to Sturgill. Sturgill's got some good, good stuff if you've never heard him. Dale Watson announced that he's got a new instrumental album coming out, the Memphians. Okay. Now, for
0: the last... Piece of news. I'm already shaking my head on this one.
2: I know what piece of news it is. Yeah.
1: We're going to talk about Morgan Whalen's N-word use. Now, I'm not a big Morgan Whalen fan or Wallen, however you say his last name. I'm not a big fan of his, but I know that today's youth and people under the age of 28 to 30 really like him, dig him. He's got some songs out there in the charts, but most of them aren't his. I mean, he's just a he's basically plugged in and said here, sing this song. I mean Cover Me Up, that was a big one. It's not his song. That's Jason Isabel's song. With saying that, he was a dumbass for doing what he did. I don't even know how it went down. All I know, I heard from somebody that keeps up with it told me that he supposedly had some neighbors. He partied all the time and his neighbors were trying to catch him. Trying to catch him some way, cause they didn't like him, and they were recording him, like with a video camera, when a couple of his buddies left, and he, taught, he was talking to his friends, and he used the n word, and you know, and then they released it, and it's a dirty no-no. His uh, producers dropped him, his record label dropped him, I mean everything is like like turned to the worst for him. On some good news, before we get into the whole N-word situation... uh, His his music sales have skyrocketed. (laughs) So, I mean, literally skyrocketed. Like, tripled overnight, whenever he... After that come out. Because, you know, you have that South... That Southern Pride stuff that's got to come out. Even with the young kids. One thing I'll say is I'm completely against censorship. But I'm also completely against the N-word. Me, personally, when I hear... My friends or anybody, I've heard it, everybody's heard it. Everybody, If you're a white guy, I'm sure you've heard other white guys say it before, especially if you live in the South. Every time I hear it from one of my supposed friends, you might call them, I, I consider, I feel embarrassed for them, like I said before, and it, it kind of shows their uneducation behind it. But with saying that, I'm also not... I'm totally against censorship, and I go back to like when I, when I was younger, listening to people talk about things like that. Like I always go back to George Carlin. He was one of my, one of my heroes, a comedian, and he always said that words doesn't mean anything really. It's the context behind the words. Yeah. So I understand both sides of it. I'm not a big Morgan fan, so I could give a fuck less about his his shit. I'm like I said, I told the. <laughs> and g-
2: I'll be quite honest. Like I read that whole article. The articles on Facebook. I don't even know who the fuck that is. He's the one. You'll hear him. Like they play him at the
1: bar a lot. Whiskey glass.
0: I think he sings whiskey glasses. He, is that him?
1: That that one, but he sings Cover Me Up, the Jason Isabel song. He does that song, and that's the song version you hear at the on the jukebox all the time at the.
2: I don't pay attention to what's well, on the jukebox
0: here, at the bar unless I'm playing uh, it. Yeah, here's what I got to say about it: is regardless whether you're someone that's making hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, or you're some guy sitting at home running a podcast, hmm. the word's off limits. Well, <laughs> it's, the thing it's, was- it's and it's not only that, but in his situation, you're a new artist. You're coming up. You're you're blowing up pretty much, especially with the age group you talked about. Yeah. And you say some fucked up shit like that. Well,
1: I kind of feel bad. I don't know how young that guy is. He's probably what maybe he in his He's young. late 20s maybe He has mid-20s. a fucking
2: mullet. He's young. But that doesn't mean nothing. He's Yes, playing. it does. Young people have
1: mullets. He's making money off that mullet. That's boy, that it's kind of like Billy Ray <laughs> that Cyrus. That should be in the outlawed. Dog. But what I'm saying is is uh is he is also stuck in that generation where things are changing. So like his parents or maybe not his parents, but his grandparents, he probably heard that a lot. And so he's only a victim of his circumstances, what he learned. So I'm not saying, I'm not trying to defend him. I'm just saying that that sometimes he's in the generation of change. Because right now, I mean, look, we've had two NASCAR drivers. That, that's a southern sport. That basically got booted because they'd done the same exact thing.
2: Well, it's kind of
1: there's like no whole bar. They're not. If he was, going if to he was more famous for, I, I or liked.
2: richer, nothing would have been said. Nothing would have been said.
1: Yeah, people that's from true.
2: the south don't care. I guarantee there was nobody from the south that was all upset because he said that. Well, the thing that makes. I mean, yeah. he said that, which is wrong. Yeah. He lost his contracts, everything. Nashville said, fuck you, we're done. But, on the other hand, you've got Trump that said, yeah, they'll just let you grab them by the pussy, and the motherfucker gets elected president. So it's kind of a double standard in this country about what offends you and what doesn't. Well,
1: the, th- the thing about that, the, the, the thing that really pisses me off about this whole deal is his sales spiked because of it. That is like a systemic problem.
2: There's a bunch of racists down in the south. And
1: Everybody I, knows that. I, I'm not staying. I mean, it's weird. It's weird to be. It would be. I would not like it if I was him, and I knew that my cell spiked because of that.
0: Well, it's like if what if we said that word on the air and our podcast blew up? Yeah, it'd be the same thing.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't
0: be proud of that.
1: Yeah, you know. I mean, it's it's like to me the best way to put it is. He will be fine. If he comes out with an apology, apologizes to his fans, to anyone he might have offended, he will be fine. It's just, I use NASCAR because I know NASCAR. Uh, Kyle Larson did the same thing. He literally, they were shut down during NASCAR season, and they were doing virtual racing. And they were showing it on TV of them guys at home doing virtual racing. And they were showing it on TV, and they had their mics Hooked up to where they could talk to each other. The other drivers could talk to each other. And he blurted the word and took completely out of context. And Kyle Larson is a minority himself. He's not black, but he's a minority. And so it was like, and they, I mean, all he I mean, he had Target as a sponsorship. They dropped him immediately.
2: This guy, I mean, this Morgan guy will be fine. He's white. He's from the South. That I know, whole white
1: I know, but privilege let, let him, will kick in. He'll be fine. That's what I'm saying. That's kind of what happened with Kyle Larson. So he took a year off because they his team released him everything. He went back to where he started doing dirt racing. Blew dirt racing up completely like, I don't know how. He might have lost two races the whole time he was dirt racing. He raced every day On Babe, you're getting off topic. But what I'm saying, yeah, you're right. Uh, what I'm saying is now he's going back and he's got to ride with Hendrick's for next year. So he's back in NASCAR this coming season. So that's and he did that. He released an apology. He did his whole he did what he was supposed to do and he learned from it. And hopefully this guy does the same. I don't know. He or he might choose the latter. He might choose to embrace to, it. embrace that those those cells he had because he did that. And he seems like the type that could do that because I meant... He's got a mullet. He mulet. does have a mullet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shake and make. Shake but, and make.
1: But anyway, I don't know. What's your thoughts on it,
0: Jason? Uh, he is dumbass. Dumbass. For even thinking the word and much less saying it.
2: He's white trash like his music's trash. So let's move on. I am. I'm, I, I am. I gotta, if we
0: have any listeners that want to comment and leave their... Their comments you can do that on Facebook page you can email us bfopodcast at outlook.com We will definitely talk about your your comments and questions on the air next podcast.
1: Yes, definitely.
2: Do you want me to go ahead and do my
0: Yes since we're right here
2: moment this is going to be a different cussworthy moment
0: Hey you get to introduce your own segment
2: I do get to introduce yes, my own segment and now here. for your listening enjoyment. Is age or advances something cussworthy moment, but I'm changing it up. I'm not gonna do a cussworthy moment. I am going to read you a joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna read you a joke. Wait, I gotta get back up to I gotta get to the top. I had to I saw this today and I just thought it was funny and it's not really that dirty, surprisingly. It's a little Johnny joke called Little Johnny is back. The teacher asked the class to use the word fascinate in a sentence. Molly put up her hand and said, My family went to my granddad's farm and we all saw his pet sheep. It was fascinating. The teacher said, That was good, but I wanted you to use the word fascinate, not fascinating. Sally raised her hand. She said, My family went to see Rock City and I was fascinated. The teacher said, Well, that was good, Sally, but I wanted you to use the word fascinate. Little Johnny raised his hand, but the teacher hesitated because she had been burned by little Johnny before. (laughs) She finally decided there was no way he could damage the word fascinate, so she called on him. And Johnny said, My Aunt Carolyn has a sweater with ten buttons, but her tits are so big she can only fasten eight. And the teacher (laughs) sat down and cried.
0: (laughs) You know... (laughs) Funny story about Little Johnny Jokes. When I was in broadcasting school and I had my own show, I created a segment called Little Johnny Jokes Brought to Life, and I literally brought the jokes to life. I had my son play Little Johnny, and I would do background noises, do the you know intro, kind of like the, the cat does the that theater
1: yeah, they do. Yeah.
0: It was similar to that. And I might find the, some of the cheesy ones. Next week, here we go, next week I will play one of those Little Johnny brought to life jokes on the show they're horrible but it might be something funny it's not gonna be an every week thing it's just a one-time deal but i'll play one or two next week it'll be something fun
1: okay uh well i do want to feature one artist i always try to feature one artist in our show before we get to our interview we'll probably end the show with interview because we'll have songs after that too yeah red dirt originated in stillwater oklahoma
2: go pokes
1: Yes, I got to looking and so there was a football player since we talked about, and this might be a bad thing to say, but since we talked about Morgan's shit, I'm going to throw something in his face with this. Uh, so there was a football player that played at Oklahoma State named Joe King. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: Joe, Joe King?
2: Joe, Joe King? Joe uh-huh. King. uh uh-huh. Joe yeah. King. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways,
1: he went on to play for the Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and... football. And ended his career with the Oakland Raiders. He was African-American guy, and he ended up coming back to Stillwater after he retired and decided to do music. Well, he decided to do Red Dirt country music. And I wanted... He released a single here uh this last year in 2020 and i just now found him but it's the name of the song is down in stillwater oklahoma so i figured i'd play a little bit of it go for it all right sounds good okay this is joe king with down in stillwater oklahoma
4: Joe out to clothes down in Steelwater It's
0: got that swing country feel to it That's uh, Joe King and you, I mean <laughs> if you've ever
1: been to Stillwater even for like if you're out of Texas going to your team's football games or something you know exactly what he's talking about when he's talking about Eskimo Joes and Tumblewee. I mean that's that's and he's originally not from Stillwater. He's originally from Dallas area and went to school at Stillwater. You know,
0: he was probably the biggest country boy on that team.
1: Probably, I,
0: I'm just the way he sounds and the way he looks. I in I mean, he pictures.
1: definitely has that southern draw. Yeah, I have other songs, but I, I don't want to make the the show too long. This time, we usually talk about different things, but I don't. Since we're on the Stillwater kick, back when I first started listening to Red Dirt, now you'll notice some of this song that this next song I'm going to play. Um, I don't even know if this band's even together anymore. They're re- they're not from Stillwater. They're from uh, Missouri, but they I don't know if they had a band member that was from Stillwater or something to that effect. They played a lot of music around Stillwater when they were younger. And they're an older band that never really caught on. I mean, they never got to, like, the ranger status or or even, you know, cross-Canadian, none of that stuff. I was going through some music the other day, and I found this song, and it's a really heartfelt song for Jason. I mean, I thought of Jason because Jason's such a good guy, and this is what Jason... This song is exactly what Jason lives for. (laughs) So... So, without further ado, Jason. <laughs> I, I'm worried. This is Renegade Rail. That's the name, of the name of the group. And I promise you, a lot of y'all have not heard of this band. But we'll play Jason's uh, song from Renegade Rail. Four.
4: Oh. Another tape from Ben Laden to the L. Said the future looks dim and the end is near We got fires and floods and hurricanes It's enough to drive a crazy man insane Well I don't ask for much, you know I'm easy to please There's just two things that satisfy me girls and
0: weed,
1: <laughs> That's
4: all I need.
3: Well, <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds like Jason,
1: huh? No, Jason, I, I've never known Jason to smoke any weed at all. I just had to throw that out there. Just for uh, Jason? Oh, even no. though I ask him like on every podcast because he looks pothead. like he's high. He's a
2: pothead. Are you a pothead?
1: Are you a closet pothead?
2: Not even a closet pothead.
0: Now remember, this is on record. Uh, no, I do not smoke. I do not partake in the devil's lettuce.
1: <laughs> the devil's lettuce. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I will leave it at that. I hear you. I, I don't blame you. I don't either. I do uh, have a gummy
0: every now and then, though. There's a few gummies around here somewhere. <laughs> there's on the table and, over there. There's
1: some other new songs, but I'm going to save them for our next podcast. Uh, uh, Co- and I, I don't know if I played this last time or not, but Cody put out a single... Did I play Cody last time? The Cody single, "Shut Up and Sing." Yes, yes, you okay, did. Okay, yep. okay. That one I got some uh, songs by Pico's and the Rooftops, which is I like that band. And then my son actually dropped a new one, but I'm not going to play it. Uh, but I'll save the rest of them for for next time. And we have a, we're going to do a surprise song next time too. Yes, the one we listened to earlier. Okay,
0: <laughs> they're not All Red right. Dirt, but they're, they're it's good. They're right.
2: amazing.
0: So we have A.J. Davis on the show. Um, we're going to go to the interview right now, and then we will be back. All right, this is Boys Boy Smoke, Red Dirt podcast. We are sitting here with A.J. Davis, a good friend of mine, known him for years, and he just recently put out a four-song EP. So, A.J., welcome to the podcast. Appreciate it, man. How are we doing? We're doing good. Doing real good. So we've known each other forever. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, this was back, God, two thousand. This is back
5: when we we both could see our toes. Yes, yes. We,
0: we both, we both gotten healthier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this podcast, we want to bring in new talent, but definitely Oklahoma new talent. Right. You're not new talent. I've seen you when you were with Backwater Creek. And I want to talk about that name, too, because you had to change that. Yeah, we did. Uh, that was a funny story. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's go with right now. I know you've been in music forever. And back in the day, you were just learning some guitar stuff. Right. Where are we at now? I, I see you've released the EP. Is that something that just popped in your head one day, bam? You know what? I want to I want to do this, or something you've been wanting to do for a while.
5: I started. Uh, I I've auditioned for the Oklahoma Rodeo Opry, and this is what this is what started it. I decided to go on the Rodeo Opry because I'd been out of out of playing music for so long. I was like, hey, you know, I really want to get back into it. Easiest way to do it. So auditioned. They accepted me. I become a member of the Opry, and. The the uh, bass player, he has his own recording studio, a really, really nice studio. So he invited me out, and we did four songs, and he said, you know, what do you want to do with these? I said, well, I want to put a full band behind them, and I just hadn't had the money to give to him to put the full band behind it. I was like, you know what, man, I'm just going to release this dude, see what it, see what happens, and so far, man, I've had a really good response from him and a lot of people really like all of the songs, uh, yeah. but there's two songs in particular that have really been blowing up, and the ones that you, you and I talked about earlier, yes. Little Liar You and All Over Again. And those are
0: the ones I picked out because those ones that I thought had the best feel for the sound we, we do here, right. they have a red dirt sound to them. Yeah. They, and, you
1: know, yeah. I listen to both those songs, too, also, and they, they, I they, they're they both really good songs. I
5: cannot. You know, it's funny. I wrote both those songs. I'm a truck driver. I wrote both those songs <laughs> driving to Colorado. <laughs> Yeah. Really, I'm, I'm driving and writing those songs in my head. I'm actually recording them on my phone as I'm driving, and that's how that's how I come up with those songs. And
0: I also sent guys. I also sent AJ the link to enter that songwriter's competition. Yeah, I did that. That that's Katie cool. Dell posted on her awesome. page. Awesome. So awesome. that'd be really cool for him to get. Yeah, submitted we for interviewed
1: that. Katie a while back. She's yeah. part of the Red Dirt League yeah. fund deal, and yeah, she's a good person to know. In awesome. The
5: business. Yeah, I've never met her. I've, I've I've heard good things about her though, from what I've the circles that I've been around.
1: So I, I have a question just yeah. by what you just said. You kind of answered the question on what you were saying. I always ask everybody we interview this, how, what their process is about writing a song. Yeah. So I'm guessing that your process is thinking the lyrics and then putting the music behind it?
5: Uh, some, honestly, the, the way that I write a song is it's almost always accidental. Um, I'll be talking to somebody and I'll say something like the matter of all over again. I was talking to a buddy of mine and I was talking to I said, You know, I remember back in the day we was kids, man, running from the cops and drinking cold beer. Because mm-hmm. that's literally what I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've ran from the police in Jones. That, <laughs> that, that, is, I'm not.
1: that story is so familiar. I'll take,
4: <laughs> go, go on with your so, story. Go so on. that
5: was, and, and whenever I got off the phone with him, uh, that's what I thought. I was like, uh, Run from the cops, drink cold beer. I didn't give a damn back then. And yeah. that's, as soon as I said those words, I was like, That's a song. So, what I did was I, I basically made, came up with the melody on the spot, started singing that part, and then I'd hit stop,
1: uh-huh.
5: and then I would think of the next part, and then I would record that, and then I re- ended up doing the entire song. I get home, and put the song uh, put the song on my computer and listen to you. it and see see what needs to be fixed, and then I grab my guitar, put the guitar to it. But I know I know in my head what every instrument's going to do. I, I I write the solo in my head for the guitars. I, I know the bass riffs. I know the guitar, what the drums are gonna do. I compose the entire thing in my head. Well, that's um, talented. That's good. That's it's good. it's it's pretty cool. I don't you know uh, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I I think I have a pretty unique way of approaching songwriting. And I also only write about things that I know about. You ain't never going to hear me write about living the thuggish, ruggish life, son, because I'm from Jones, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right? Well, so, hey, uh, you
3: were already talking about running from the cops. You may
1: have so many. You, uh, know you about. never know. You, you never must. know.
5: An inspiration yeah. in there.
1: It, the, there's so many songwriters out there that have that same story, though. They yep. all, they all, something like I've told it on this show before. It basically relates to your what you just said. Was when they were kids, Jason Boland and Cody Canada was riding together in Yukon drinking. Yeah. And they were going to Taco Bell. They were both drunk. Cody was driving, looking around all over the place for cops, mm-hmm. going to Taco Bell. And and Jason looked at him he and said, he said, you know, it's funny how you're always 17 in your hometown. And Cody looked at him and said, if you don't ride it, I am. you damn straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
5: that's a, yeah, that's, that's how, the, I think that's how the best songs are written. You know, it's like I've I've got another song on there on that album called "Take the Backroads," and the yep. very first line of it is "I'm about an hour west of Memphis," and I was an hour west of Memphis on I-40, uh-huh. taking a load of hazardous chemicals to a place there in Memphis, Tennessee, and that was the song. That was the line that came up in my head, and I wrote the song between there and Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's cool. And, and I told you, all those songs on there, I mean, it, those, for those to post at one time and bam, you're already getting listeners and you're already getting followers. Mm-hmm. But I remember you back in karaoke days. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was karaoke. It was, oh, you know, yeah. Hey, AJ, you're up next, you know? Yeah. But then something funny happened about four years ago and you formed a band. Yeah. And tell me about that issue because you had an awesome band name and then... You had to change it.
5: We had, Yeah, we originally started out as Coyote Creek. Our manager at the time didn't particularly – I don't think she really ever cared for it. She also didn't care for a song that I wrote called Miss America. And it's not about a pageant. It's about missing what America used to be. So she says she's going go to go out to Nashville and meet with some people so she went out to nashville she came back and says that they suggest that we change our name and that we need to change the name of miss america to i miss america because miss america is the name of an album for another writer another singer coming up and that's the name of his album all of it was bs all of it was a lie that's crazy. so we had to literally completely rebrand everything we already had uh we had a, a just a an amazing amount of merchandise shirts hats visors Jackets, hoodies. We had all these things. Koozies that had Coyote Creek on them, and now they're worthless. We can't do anything with them. I actually still have a box of T-shirts <laughs> that say Coyote Creek on them. Can't do anything with them because, you know, uh, we ended up having to change, it, change the name and change it to Backwater Creek. So,
0: And that, that band was a rock country band. Yeah, yeah. It was like the feel like we have now with the Whiskey right. Myers. And, yeah. You know, it was an awesome band. And then it just kind of just – faded away unfortunately
5: well there i mean there was there were some things that that happened um that i i mean i can't really get into but there was there were some things that happened behind the scenes that with with our manager and she caused a lot of problems she caused a lot of problems and i think that you know I, i'm a believer that all roads are paved with good intention she she didn't see a lot of things through. She, she gave us, you know, we were supposed to write a Christmas song for Texas Regional Radio, and we had this song written, me and my old lead guitar player, Cody Tucker. It, the song is so much fun. It's called Santa's a Trucker Now. And he goes, Santa is a trucker now. And it just it's high-paced, high just a lot of fun. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she didn't like it. She said, that's not a Christmas song. I said, well, do you want me to rewrite Jingle Bells? I'll do that for you. <laughs> I said, or do you want a Christmas song written by Backwater Creek the way we write music? Right. And uh, she told us we ended up missing the deadline to turn the song in after we fired her. The guy from TRR calls us. You guys ever going to get that Christmas song to me? Well, we were told that you didn't, you weren't taking them anymore. He goes, dude, if you can get them to me this week, I'll take it. Well, we can't get them in the studio. So it just uh you know it it was a good run when it while it lasted I I made some of the best friends I've ever had and will ever have had some really really fun times playing music with those guys and now it's time to open up a new chapter and and move on
0: from from that whole thing. Yeah. And the the way that you're here right now sitting with us having this interview is pretty much the day before we recorded our last podcast you had posted about your four album EP mm-hmm. that it was going to be released. Yeah. The next day, we record our our podcast, and we get in this rant about American Idol and The Voice. And yeah. I, I made sure you were okay to talk about this yeah. because I didn't know if there was any legal stuff. But nah. tell us that story because I'm still pissed off about it. Uh, okay, but so tell us tell us that whole journey that that led to that last phone call you got.
5: Right. Well, I was told I was told by a bunch of people that you know you need to go to American Idol. Go to American Idol. Honestly, I can't stand the sound of my own voice. I can't. Uh, so I'm like, you know what? Okay, if they if, if all these people say I got it, then I'll you know I'll give it a shot. I go and I nail the first audition because you do three different auditions before you go to the judges. Which honestly, the TV, yeah. they have nothing. They they make a suggestion. The producer just determines whether you go through or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: I get up there. I do my first one. Killed it. I did. Ain't No Sunshine by Bill Withers. Killed it. Got through that audition. Waited. I think it was like another month and a half or so. Went to the second audition get there all these people were like dude you're dude you got a great voice blah 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 I go upstairs stand in front of the judges sing the song man you got a really really good voice dude solid tone great projection I did uh, she'd take Colorado if he'd take her That whatever that I can't yeah, remember the name yeah, of that yeah. song right now but that's the tune that I did and the guy was like you're excellent man he said that's what we're gonna do we're gonna we got a lot of interviews to go through we got a lot of auditions to go through give you a call back I said, "Okay." And they called me back to tell me, "Well, we've already accepted too many country music singers from the area, so we can't take you."
3: <laughs> yeah. They met certain. their quota.
5: Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, you're in Oklahoma."
1: What year was that?
5: It was 2010. I think it was 2010, yeah, 2011. It was, yeah. Yeah, cuz I was living I was living in an apartment complex in Midwest City at the point in time. I was Agitating, to say the least. But the thing is about American Idol, man, is there's only two ways you're going to get on the show. You either have a story, Mm -hmm. and you have a little bit of talent, or or you don't have a story, and you're a one, you're a one in a lifetime talent. Right. Mm -hmm. That's all there is to it. Now, as far as you know, like The Voice, uh, that's not a talent contest. That's that's popularity contest. So is uh, that's what American Idol becomes is a popularity contest. Yeah. I, I see some of the guys that get on The Voice. Jake Worthington. Perfect example. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Guy has got a voice sent from heaven above. Okay, how did he not win? Yeah, the man was the best singer on that show. He didn't have like a real sad, sorry, sappy story. Yeah. Well,
1: it's also TV. They have to sell. They have to sell TV, so they have to have a story behind stuff. So. And And
5: nowadays, it's it's more about your looks than it is your talent. That's what I was
1: going to say. It's all a lot about. I know so many artists that's done that same (laughs) Mm -hmm. route, either the Voice or the. American Idol, and some of them are even, you know, professional musicians now that are doing well. Yeah, yeah, they got turned down or or mm. didn't make it very far or whatnot.
5: Unfortunately, that's the way it goes in, in that you know, in in the music industry. Period.
3: What I find interesting about those shows, and I've, I mentioned it before, was that it's typically not the winners that you hear from after the shows; mm-hmm. it's the ones that got like fifth. Yeah. Now, right, The ones they didn't even make the big And I'll,
5: I'll tell you why. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've, I've got a buddy of mine that's been around uh, a lot of those American Idol mm. shows like that. And he told me what's happened is you, you notice the first three or four seasons of American Idol, the mm. person who won went on to have a substantial amount of fame, mm. Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood. What I was told is once American Idol figured out, oh, shit, these guys are making money.
1: Uh-huh.
5: Well, because American Idol has made you what you are, has put you in that position, we're going to take 20% of your royalties. Yeah. And you have to agree to that. Once you get on, once you get mm-hmm. past the first audition, they give you a stack of paperwork of all the rules and everything in it, and you have to agree to it. You have to sign on it. And that's a legally binding contract at that point in time. Right. So, once you get past, if you win, American Idol gets 20% or 15%. It's in between 10 and 20 of everything you make off of your music so
1: for so long
5: for your first I think it's like your first two albums yeah,
1: yeah. and I I figured that's the way it was because a lot of them like the voice yeah they actually help them along because a lot of their their first albums are voice albums they're yeah. actually produced by the voice and all that
5: and stuff. see I don't I don't even like that because those are those are all covers mm-hmm. you know um, yeah. but that's just me that, that's the difference in a songwriter and a and a singer there's there's a there's a difference in there you got songwriters.
3: It's also how a lot of these, the judges on these shows stay mm-hmm. relevant because they'll they'll take a song that somebody else wrote, one of the contestants mm-hmm. wrote, and run with it, put their name on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I've have seen it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
5: We'll see, and you notice that you notice that like American Idol, those winners, man, they they don't do anything, and the no. reason why is because they make such little money, mm-hmm. and they get tired of it. Right. They get tired of losing their money. They lose their love for the uh, for, for music. They lose their love for making music and, mm. and performing, because now they've made it big. Now there's no upside for them, mm. right? You know, because honestly, when you think about it, off your royalties, you got to pay for marketing. You got to pay for distribution. You got to pay for the the producer, studio time, things like that. So once they take all that off, plus American Idol's getting their fifteen twenty off the top, what are you left to make? Yeah. So I think that I think that, that they have driven more careers into the ground than they have really brought them
3: up. Well, I mean, uh, we didn't mention this one, but it's definitely in the, the same category. The America's Got Talent, and uh, Mister Mister Sundance Head won it a few years ago. And he's back in Texas doing the tour and stuff again because he wasn't making any money, like yeah. you said. Yeah, he's going back to what he started at because yeah. that's where he's make, makes his money at.
5: And sure, you know it's it's nice to be able to get your name out there. There was a what the there's a local musician from out Shawnee Way, Justin Wisnet. <laughs>
3: Justin Wisnet. All right, Justin
5: Wisnet is the guy that I know who you're talking. Yeah. About. Hell of a guy. and Let me uh-huh. tell you something. He he was one of those guys that even when he went out there.
1: I think I've seen him in concert. Bro. Oh,
5: yeah. Oh, I'm sure you have. Uh, the, he is an incredible singer, great songwriter, and just a, he really is a, a, a good person. Mm-hmm. He's never, I mean, he's come to a lot of my shows. Whenever I had a band called Amarillo Junction, we're not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> had a band called Amarillo Junction. You was with and,
1: Amarillo Junction, really? He, yeah, I was the one that
5: started that band. Really? Yeah, me and Ronnie Dean, uh, let's just say if uh, I hear another one of my lyrics come out of his mouth, he's going to have to have his jaw wired shut. <laughs> I didn't know. You that. can edit that out you. if you want to. But I know Amarillo have Junction hey, I
0: stuff got too. We, we don't edit, and you can say whatever you hell you want on our show. Fantastic. <laughs> uh,
5: yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about Amarillo Junction real quick. We went; They were playing at Libby's and Goldsby. Mm-hmm. This was shortly after Ronnie fired me. Well, actually, Ronnie didn't have the balls to – call me and fire me himself, so he had our lead guitar player do it. So I'm I'm on my way home from work. We literally just had one of our best shows. We played Steel Horse out there in uh, Seminole. It's mm-hmm. no longer the Steel Horse now, it's a church. We go out there and we have one of the best shows we'd ever played. Incredible show, man. Had a great time, but prior to this, Ronnie just, he wouldn't let me update the song list. We were playing, we were in a band together for two and a half years. We were still starting every show with that damn Florida Georgia Line song. Uh,
1: oh my gosh, are you serious? I can't think of it.
5: I, I, hell, he's probably still starting every show with it. Um, but that's a dirty no-no on this show. <laughs> so Chris, Chris, the lead guitar player, calls me. He goes, "Hey Tony," he said, uh, "I just want to let you know that we're gonna we're gonna be moving in another direction. So we're gonna be letting you go." And I started laughing. And he was like, "Nobody, I'm being serious." And I was like. You're kicking me out of the band that I started, that I <laughs> named, that I wrote every song in, God. right? The only person that wrote any other songs in that band other than Ronnie, which he did. He wrote a couple of them, and he kept those. Obviously, they're his. Uh, was Ashley Shepard. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know who Ashley Shepard is, I'll, I'll. next time, if you guys have me back again, I'll bring her with me. She, <laughs> you want to hear a girl sing, that girl's got pipes. Anyways, so me and Ashley are sitting there at Libby's, and Ronnie's up there. And all of a sudden, he kicks off one of my songs. And I looked at Ashley, and Ashley looked at me, and she goes, Hey, would you like to go dance? They didn't <laughs> know we was there. We was sitting in the back. and you know, We were sitting in the back of Libby's. We, had a, we were there with a friend of ours named Reese Wilson. He was a big, big songwriter back in the early 90s, late, late 80s, early 90s. I've actually got a bunch of his platinum and gold records on my wall at home. and uh, That's cool. We were good friends. He's passed away since then. But he says, Go get him, man. So me and her get up, and we walk around. There's nobody dancing. Right. we get up. So I don't know if that's a testament to Ronnie singing or my <laughs> songwriting, but nobody was dancing. <laughs> and uh, so me and Ashley start dancing. Ronnie immediately starts stumbling over his words.
3: Oh, that's beautiful.
5: Right? Jake, the drummer, he's back there, and he just he starts –
4: it just got really awkward.
5: <laughs> and uh, Chris, Chris, the lead guitar player, he's sitting there looking at me, dude. He's just got this shit-eating grin on his face. Just, Yeah, man, that's awesome, dude. And he came up to me during the intermission. He goes, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen anybody do. And I told Ronnie that night, I said, don't play another one of my songs, man. I will break your jaw. It upset me that he took the songs that my grandfather and I wrote together. Yeah, right. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You don't do that. Especially no. whenever, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have Amarillo Junction. If it wasn't for me and Ashley, you wouldn't have the songs that you have. You would still be playing your little acoustic gig at JJ's Alley every Wednesday night, which <laughs> I think he probably still does. Singing the exact same fucking songs, excuse my language, that you've been singing for the last five years.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Now, don't get me wrong. If if Ronnie was to walk in, that, walk in that door right now, I'd probably look at him and say, you ain't been singing none of my songs, have you? <laughs> Okay, if you haven't, let me buy you a beer.
0: Right,
1: right. No, that's that's a
5: that's a good story. Just uh,
1: we didn't want to turn it to a dark. To a dark, <laughs> dark, <laughs> dark no day.
5: man, uh, I had a lot of good times in Amarillo Junction, man, and I had a lot of fun, dude. Ronnie, I had a lot of good times with Ronnie being on the boat, drunker and Cooter Brown after a show at the 19th hole in Stillwater, throwing up over the side of the boat. Oh man, we had we had a lot of good times, man. But he decided to to go the direction he did and.
1: Who uh, I got a question for you. Who's your biggest influence in music?
5: My grandfather. My grandfather is most definitely my biggest influence. He's actually he's actually battling the end stages of Alzheimer's right now. He uh, had a heart attack the other day. Fell and hit his head.
3: All oh, that sucks. So,
5: but I know that he loved my music. He loved me pursuing what I was doing. And he, I mean, he's grew up playing music. The man was the best guitar picker I'd ever I'd ever sat down and played with in my life up until. He's about seventy-seven years old. He's eighty-three. He's eighty-seven now.
0: Yeah.
5: So he started. He started losing his dexterity about seventy-seven years old. But before that, man, that boy, whoop, he could whip that guitar into shape real quick. <laughs> and cool. uh, he taught me. He taught me everything I know about luthery, uh, building guitars, repairing guitars. And uh, uh, he's just an incredible, incredible person. A lot of stories. Had the opportunity to play for Ray Price. Turned it down because he don't like cameras.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs>
5: Yeah, and he it, yeah he he didn't he don't like cameras never has but uh, he had all these incredible songs this one song called there she goes again which would have been a hit I mean without a doubt just the way he wrote he's kind of who I grew who I drew my inspiration on the way I, I write gotcha. from because he was he was the one that told me he'd you know he'd say well, well there she goes again and then he'd sit down and write a song called there she goes again <laughs> so, uh, he was an incredible incredible influence on me as far as like artists merle haggard definitely That's a, popular, a huge
1: popular answer huge so.
5: influence yeah well i mean he was a pie the pioneer of of some people say that johnny cash was but in my opinion merle haggard was the pioneer of the outlaw sound he sounds like
1: aaron um <laughs> well, i'll give
3: you that i'll give you that him and
5: Waylon. oh yeah no one no one did the outlaw sound better than him and Waylon. just a huge fan of his i got to see him right before he died um, so I was very blessed to to be able to have that.
1: Where'd you see him at?
5: Saw so him down in Dallas,
1: Texas. I saw him in up north casino, north part of Oklahoma. So I can't remember where it is. Right? Yeah. There's no town. Newkirk. 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 Yeah.
0: He's playing there.
5: But yeah, he. I'd say I'd say those guys are my biggest influences.
0: That's cool. So when are we going to hear a band behind you, a full band?
5: Mm. Well, if you know anybody. <laughs> uh, no, I need a. Um, I know a bass player. Well, I need to get something going. It's kind of hard with what I do for a living because I'm a truck driver. So I'm on the road a lot. I have to kind of plan things out weeks in advance. I need to get a band together. Not so much to gig right now. I want to focus on writing music and recording. Okay. Um, because I think one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of bands make is they go for this. We're going to do 70, 30, or 60, 40 covers to yeah yeah originals well now you're spending 60 or 70 percent of your time learning other people's music Mm -hmm. and you're not Mm -hmm. focusing on your own i think what happens with that is you begin to fall into what so many other bands have and that's they fall into becoming a bar band yep Mm -hmm. and so they never write any new songs they only learn other people's music Mm -hmm. and they wonder why they can't take off they wonder why nobody buys their records whenever they're at playing at a bar. I want to focus on writing music being 60-30 originals to covers. Yeah. And the covers that we do being the best songs you could possibly do. Yeah, yeah. And not any of this stuff they like to try to call country nowadays. Yeah,
0: Dude, right. I'm telling you, you can know some Bob Seger. <laughs> I, 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 when I had your band come in and play at our coffee shop, that was one of the covers you guys did.
5: Yeah, yeah, we did uh,
0: Old Time Rock and Roll. Old Time Rock and Roll. And I'm telling you,
5: dude. It's... And that was high for me. <laughs>
0: But it was awesome. So, yeah. I mean, I know that I know that the cover's down for you. I have no doubt in that mind. But the, the originals that you've got now are definitely a great start for you. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited on that.
5: And the thing is, I've got many, many more. Matter of fact, the, the album that we recorded with Backwater Creek, all but one of those songs I wrote before the band even formed. Well, I won't be using all of those songs because there's a couple of them. Now that I listen to them, I'm like, what the hell was I smoking? That's not a good line. <laughs> That's not a good song. The, the chord progression does not sound good. And I guess just because my tastes have, t- have changed so much as far as, as what I want my sound. But yeah, I would like to get a band together and, and start working on original tunes and, and learning the ones that I have already written and start writing more. I'm not one of these, one of these guys that wants to have a band that you're going to do what I tell you to do. You're going to play what I tell you to play. I want musicians to come together and we develop a sound that coincides with my vision. And then... Me and the band, we write songs together, not I write songs and bring it to them. So I think that was one of the good things about Backwater Creek is whenever we'd write a song together, it was a collaboration of different minds, and it really, really, really made the song a lot better than what it could have been.
0: All right. And you're going to do a couple songs for us, right? Yeah, sure. I can do that. All right. So we'll get that going. We'll get that done, and we'll ask a couple more questions, and cool. we'll get you out of here.
5: Well, I guess we'll start off with uh, All Over Again.
4: I remember doing things as a kid that would piss a lot of people along. You know my daddy would tan my hide every time that I got caught. He'd say you better pull your head out, boy, before it's too late. One of these days you'll understand we got to learn from our mistakes. But I'd still run from the cops and drink cold beer I didn't give a damn back then. No, it was dumb, but it sure was fun getting loose with my rowdy friends. Now looking back, all I can say is though I lived a life of sin. If I had a chance, I'd go right back and I'd do it all over again. All over again. I was 21 the very first time that I found myself in jail. And I called Daddy, begging, and plead for him to post my bill. Say, you got yourself in this mess for now, find a way out. I think I would have learned by then, but that ain't what the song On getting loose with my rowdy friends. Now, looking back, all I can say is though I lived a life of sin. If I had a chance, I'd go right back, and I'd do it all over again, all over again. I got a boy about three years old And he takes right after me I just hope he never finds out How good being bad could be I used to run from the cops and drink cold beer I didn't give a damn back then No know it was dumb but it sure was fun Getting loose with my rowdy friends. Now look it back cause I can't say so oh, I lived a life of sin. If I had a chance I'd go right back and I'd do it all over again, all over again.
5: Trying to get these keys out of my pocket. <laughs> Guitar keeps falling off my hip. That's a fun song. The next one is uh, Little Liar You. Two, three, four.
4: Six more miles to the edge of town I'm shifting gears No, the rain, no slowing down Getting the hell out of Dodge Is the best thing that I can do Gotta get over Little liar you Guess my love just wasn't enough Having it all sure must have been tough. You took my heart and you ripped it right in two. Gotta get over, little liar, you. And this old highway can't be wrong. It's been ten years behind all your lies and I fell for all along Says the word on the street as you've been running around in time that I'm not home No, it's true Little I you This fuel gauge just hit you This heartbreak sure has taken its toll on me, but I can't stop now even though this truck's on you gotta get over, it'll hire you, and this old highway can't be wrong, it's been telling me Behind all your lies that I fell for wrong. It says a word on the street that you've been running around anytime that I'm not. who oh, no, it's true. It'll lie to you. Oh. oh. It's old highway, can't be wrong. It's been telling me the truth behind all your lies And I fell for all along. It says a word on the street as you've been running around anytime, that I'm not, oh, no, it's true. Little lie, you, oh, I know that it's true. Little lie, Little
0: like you. There you go. Awesome Talk. job. Go awesome job.
1: AJ, hey, did you also have a single a while back? Yeah, What's thinking your... of you. Yeah, I've seen that too on, on iTunes. I was looking at all your stuff.
5: But... Yeah, that's one of the songs. Um, that's one of the songs that honestly they uh, tried to keep in Amarillo Junction. Oh, really? Yeah, I wrote that song in. 2011 and i recorded it a guy named ian eddie um he's got a what i'm not sure if he's still running it or not if it's still going but he had a, a record label called uh kevlar soul records and he lived here in oklahoma city but he moved to st louis he and i are still buddies he's an incredibly incredibly talented songwriter he heard me singing at funny enough karaoke competition
3: <laughs> <Really>?
5: <laughs> yeah and uh <laughs> he says uh he goes, man, you're you're really, really good, dude. I'd like to I'd like to get you in my studio. You know, and he handed me his card and I said, Sure. So I called him up and I'm thinking, you know, this guy, here's this guy wearing skinny jeans, you know, looks like an emo kind of guy, and I'm like, <laughs> We'll see what we'll see what this is about. And the guy was an incredibly talented, incredibly talented producer. Um, he's even better now. This is, you know, pretty early work. Thinking he used pretty early work, but yeah, you guys can go on Spotify. Uh, I'm on, I'm on every streaming service, it's Apple, <laughs> Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, whatever you got, man. You can get on there and you can find me. You can even, if you want to, you know, you guys can go on to uh, TikToks. My
0: mm-hmm.
5: music's on TikTok, so you can make some TikToks with a couple of my tunes. That'd be pretty cool. And make sure you hashtag AJ Davis music. Uh, check me out on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, SoundCloud. So, yeah, A.J. Davis music on everything.
1: Hell yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to talk to Johnny, the bar owner, out here and try to get him to play. That's awesome. i
0: Because, I mean, he's he's wanting to do like an indoor concert once a month in here, right here, set yeah. up. So, we'll, uh, me and will oh. both, try and get that in the works. <laughs>
5: awesome. That'd be great.
0: Well, AJ, uh, thank you so much for coming out. I know it was quite a drive.
5: Ah, oh, dude, hour and 20 minutes is good. I'm a tr- <laughs> hey, brother, I'm a truck driver. Okay, I'm used to driving for 14 hours a
0: day. Well, we still appreciate you. Yeah. I'm glad I caught you today. I know it was short notice, so I appreciate you oh, coming man. out. It's been a blast. You guys got any other thing you want to ask, AJ? or
1: uh, How's life treating you because of COVID and everything?
5: Um, man, I, I got COVID. I, I actually contracted COVID. My wife and I both did and uh, let me tell you that ain't no joke
1: oh I've had it too oh
5: Jiminy Christmas now I know people that have had it that they didn't have no symptoms but maybe a fever Mm -hmm. me I never got a fever one mine was the body aches and the fatigue and dude I'm telling you right now the fatigue was bad my guy Wow. That's, that uh,
1: and no smell and no taste. That was I
5: couldn't, yeah, and I, I didn't get my taste or smell back for about a month and a half.
1: Yeah, it'd take a while. Dude, and,
5: long. dude, it upsets you, you know, because you're trying to, you're, you're like, man, this yeah. spaghetti's going to be good. <laughs> and then you can't taste it. And you're just like a wet pouring <laughs> salt on your tongue, praying to God you can get something coming in. Oh, man, it's, it was terrible. You know, I, I've been an essential worker through the whole thing before I started driving truck for Stevens Trucking. I was working for an environmental company. I actually did a lot of – I didn't do too many of them, but we did a lot of the uh, going in and disinfecting buildings, Walmarts. We did a Walmart in Dodge City. And let me tell you something, guys. People are disgusting.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, we know that.
5: But one of the funniest things I've ever experienced in my life is putting on a full Tyvek suit with gloves and fe- and, and masks while there's still people shopping in Walmart and people literally just looking at us, dropping their cart and walking out. <laughs> hey man, that, that was one, of the, one of the funniest things I'd ever experienced in my life. That's but funny. yeah, so I, I mean, I've, it ain't, it ain't really slowed me down too much except for whenever I got, whenever I contracted it. But it's pretty amazing how one thing that is so small and you can't see it.
1: Shut the world, shut down.
5: the world down. You oh, know, yeah. and, and, Everybody's like, wear your mask. Wear your mask. How about this? Wash your hands. Right. <laughs> Wash <laughs> your
1: fucking hands. Excuse my language, no. but
5: my mama would be upset with me if she heard well, me. It's kind
1: of like I mean, I'm I'm not against the mask, not by any means, but but it's it. I've thought the same thing. It's not like the you big go lingo. you go to stores like like the gas station or something and it says yeah. put your mask on. I'm just thinking, how many hands have touched this, this, this. They, this Door push, the push that you're pushing the door. It should into.
5: be instead of put your mask on, it should be disinfect your hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As you walk through the door. They have, should have stations right there. Yeah. You know, when I working at environmental management in Guthrie, you walk into the office, we had a disinfectant station sitting right there. It didn't matter who you was. You walked through them doors. You had to go into the bleach water, into the sanitizer water, into the regular water and dry your hands off, period. And you had to wear a mask. So, I mean, it all helps. Yeah. But I mean and for all for those of you out there that are
1: Yeah, you're wearing
5: a mask. Shut up, okay? And for those of you out there that are like you're not
4: wearing a mask,
5: shut up. It's America. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. We can do what we want. Yeah.
0: Right. You're a family man now. Yeah. I've got five
5: <laughs> kids, man. Yeah, a family man. Now.
0: But you got a three year old or a four year he's four now? He's four now, yeah. He's four now.
3: That, that makes sense why you stay on the road
5: though. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only break I get. You have to drive. <laughs> and, and let your
0: wife know. Thank you so much for letting us steal you away for a few hours. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I know that's precious. Oh, no, I was, know that's precious time too. So no,
5: she was she was happy to get rid of me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's been working from home, and and sometimes I forget that she has to be on the phone. And I walk into my bedroom hollering at my kid, <laughs> and uh she'd look at me and she'd be on the phone. She'd give me this look, and I'm like. I didn't know he was on it, <laughs> you know? But, no, she's she's more than happy to do it. When it comes to anything involved in my music, that's one thing about my wife. She's always been extremely, extremely supportive. So. Yeah.
0: Kyle, you had a question? Oh,
3: I was going to bring up, all right, I don't know why this hit me, but you were talking earlier about having to change, like, the the name of a song for yeah. the situation for, for your manager, for this management yeah. thing. And it popped in my head. I know we talked. you talked about it earlier remember a story from the eighties when the hair metal bands were doing this mm-hmm. thing. Towards the end of it it was it was all about the management at that point mm-hmm. because they learned what songs would sell. Yeah. Right? And so I know it's not the exact same situation, but one of the more prominent bands from there, and I'm gonna say the name of the band, you're automatically going to think of a song. Okay. And this is why there's a movie about it. There's been things yeah. documented about this situation in the band Warrant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right, you're thinking of the name of the yeah. song. That's not the song they wanted to put out.
5: That doesn't surprise me. Right.
3: Their song they wanted to put out, the album they wanted to put out is called Uncle Tom's Cabin.
5: Yeah.
3: If you ever heard that song, it's an amazing song. Yeah, well no written, doubt. great greatly yeah. done. But that wasn't gonna sell. Yeah. That wasn't gonna be the poppy song to hit the radio. Yeah. That's so, I won't even mention the name of the song that went out because I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows Warrant, that's that song. Yeah. yeah. But I wanna talk about that. that's very I mean it's Yeah. That that's what hit me. That's very similar when that's when management gets in the way of an artist's
1: integrity.
5: Yeah, and and the thing is 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 nowadays it's
1: that's what happened in Nashville. It's oh, what, yeah.
5: exactly what happened in Nashville. You know, I I man, all the
1: everybody's songs are cookie cutters. So they can lay them on top of each other. This
5: place. is how I like to I liken them to liken them to a, 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 a pumpkin pie. Okay, yeah. you go Thanksgiving, grandma's house, right? You walk in there, grandma's got the pumpkin, she's Getting the innards out of that dude. She's pureeing it, putting the cream in it, and the whatever. And she's making the dough and for the for the crust. And she gets this thing, puts it in the oven, gets it out, lets it sit. Man, cut you a slice, put a little whipped cream on top. Best pie you ever ate in your life. That's what country music was from about 2002 back.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Now if you go to Walmart and you get yourself the great value pumpkin pie <laughs> that you take home. It's already <laughs> overcooked. Oh yeah. You mm-hmm. put it in the degerm oven and it comes out and the top layer of the pumpkin is like plastic Mm -hmm. and it just it's terrible watered down worthless that's the way I look at music nowadays because everybody is writing the same song oh yeah they're writing the same song with the same chord progressions. All they're doing is putting a capo in a and different it, spot. And it
1: makes you think: Are they really writing that song? Or no, is no. That's always, the thing: is they're not it, writing the song. It's somebody else writing it for them. Well,
5: see, that's why. That's why there's so many. There's so many uh, songwriters that have songwriting deals with ASCAP and yeah, BMI, yeah and and they write these. They have to put out so many songs a month. Well, you're having to put out all these songs, and that's why. That's why they're they're just they're not as good as what they could be. Reese Wilson's the guy who told me about this. He was involved in you know, Rick Trevino? He wrote he wrote or co wrote the song. He was telling me, he goes, Man, nowadays, music nowadays is just not the same. And she can't say I didn't cry is the name of the song that okay. that, that he wrote. And I actually got to perform that song live with him at the Jones Tavern, which was a lot of fun because I'm, there I am with a guitar trying to sing and play this thing at the same time, and there's a lot of intricate finger-picking to it. And he's like, dude, dude, just stop. Give me the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was telling me, he goes, man, back then you would have to write one or two songs a week, maybe three songs every couple weeks. He said, now they want you to write five songs a week and yeah. send them in. So these guys are writing trash. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sending in trash, and these guys, are, these people are getting the songs, and they're like, this will sell. Why do you think so many songs are all about the exact same thing?
3: Yeah.
5: You know, and...
1: And they popped it up, too. Oh, man. The country is so pop anymore.
5: You know what's funny about that, though, is Florida also. Georgia Line, they were the kind of the ones that really started that. They started um. the mixing <laughs> the hip-hop type of uh, vibe yeah. with country music. Funny story, back in... I think it was 71 or 72, Jim Morrison from The Doors was doing an interview. Uh And he was asked, where do you see music 10 years from now or 20 years from now? Jim Morrison said, well, uh, true American musical art forms are country and western and rhythm and blues. And eventually, somewhere down the line, those two genres are going to have to intersect. And it's going to create a completely different subgenre of music. Uh And that is exactly what's (laughs) happening. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I think created, it, I think it's created. It's created, but country
1: slowly started before then with Garth Brooks with his, with and I, no, nothing against Garth. No, Garth, yeah, to, an, to Drake, an extent for sure. Yeah, but he what do they call? it? They called it arena music. Arena music, yeah, is what they call. Yeah, it. and and I mean it kind of started there, and you could see it popping it, yeah, popping it up. Is because it was up.
5: because what he did was he was performing ballads. Yeah, he was taking He was taking the the '80s hair metal band style of writing and. Mm-hmm. Putting it to country music. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shameless. Shameless was yeah. written by written by damn Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and that song, you listen to the way Billy Joel sang it, completely different. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing stadiums, yeah, you want people to sing along with you. Mm-hmm. You gotta fill that space. The best way to fill that space is to fill it with voices. Mm-hmm. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna the play, play, play and sing songs that people are gonna wanna sing sing back. Yeah. So I think that he was very smart the way he did it
1: and perform. He, did, oh. he put on a performance. A he still performance. does. Did yeah. he
3: like sell out Dublin, Ireland, like yeah. the whole, entire city? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
5: that's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Country music singer from Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty fantastic. But
0: all yeah. right. We've been sitting here with AJ Davis, real good friend of mine. Has some great music yeah. out now. He told you where you can find it all, so definitely do that. AJ, thank you one more time coming out here all My this buddy. way out here yes, to bum you. fucked Egypt, whatever, and playing a couple songs for us during the interview. Really enjoy it, and we're definitely gonna have you back. Can't wait. We know more stuff's coming for you.
3: That you said you're bringing a girl next time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's married,
0: uh, and her hey. husband. Her husband will <laughs> <laughs> scare you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, that was A.J. Davis. Thanks again for sitting down with us and playing a couple songs, and we look forward to everything that A.J. has, and uh, we'll keep you updated on his music. Yes, definitely. This has been the Boys from Oakland Red Dirt Podcast. I'm Jason Barler.
1: I'm J.J. Vance. I'm Adra. Keep spreading the dirt.